Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 281 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. I'm Patrick. He's Justin. I just saw the title that you put for this episode, Justin. You Give me the cutter, baby. Give it to me. (laughs) Give me the cutter. I know how much you like cutters, so. Okay, it's time to dispel a myth here, okay? I don't dislike the You hate cutters. You hate everyone who throws a cutter. No. You can't stand them. You think they should do AAA. No. (laughs) No. This is I'm dispelling the myth about the cutter right now. Okay, listen. Uh Uh-oh. He said listen. The cutter in the hands of, of, of someone who knows how to throw it really well, the cutter is a great option to throw off your opponent from the, your fastball okay it's the facts that's what it's for yeah and it runs and it can run in and, and that's a that's a, a you know a sweet little tool that you can have in your toolbox but if you throw only cutters all the time eventually everybody catches up to it and if you throw a bad cutter it goes for 400 plus feet or you throw a lot of balls instead of strikes that's all I'm going to say about I mean, you that. Could, you could argue that about every pitch, though. Yeah, no, you don't. No, listen. Okay, cutters <laughs> were very prominent in the 90s because of certain pitchers who adopted the pitch, and it was super popular, and then everybody had one in the 2000s, and ever since then, it's been overused as a pitch, and... You know, it's coming back in vogue now. There was a big article last year about um, from Fangraphs. I've seen the future, and it is the cutter. So I guess it's back in fashion. I would back, rather, baby. I would rather somebody threw a four seam fastball and a changeup as opposed to a four seam fastball and a cutter because I think the changeup is a better pitch. But anyway, yeah. Whatever. Yep. 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 Good cutters are effective, dangerous pitches. Bad cutters are beach balls. <laughs> they just they get cranked. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's the rant. Okay. That's that brought me I, back to like year one BFMD when you say okay, listen, then go on like a twenty minute rant. Yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I it's, I don't hate the cutter. I just I don't like. You I just don't, don't like, like it, it. when. It, I don't like the when everybody has the you know McDonald's version of it, oh, where you God. throw it just to throw it. McDonald's. Anyway, <laughs> um, Justin, spring training is happening. It's an exciting time. The Jays have won uh, uh, two games and lost three so far. Something sure. like that. Sure. Four. That's news to me. Yeah. Whatever. It's really. It doesn't. <laughs> particularly matter at this point uh i'm sure some people live their life uh exclusively based off of the results of grapefruit league play um there's yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't really doesn't really matter they're two and four um but you know the different you know they win two more games they're four and two and they're at the top of the standings for Grateful League. Who cares? It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Nothing matters. Okay. Uh, what What will matter at the end of the day is how many wins do they have at the end of the regular season, and if the number is below ninety three, I, I <laughs> that means they missed the playoffs. Do you want to know a fun fact about today's game, or a fun, uh, a fun number? Okay. 
Mitch White threw a 97.9 mile per hour four seam fastball and averaged almost 96 on his 19 fastballs that he threw. Okay. How many kilometers did that fastball travel after he released it? Um, none, actually. He threw two scoreless innings. He did walk three batters, but the Ouch. two scoreless innings. We'll let, we'll let the walks we'll let the walk slide. I don't care. He didn't give up any runs. Right? Okay. All right. I'm just, well, I'm just saying. We're gonna talk about you know. We're gonna talk about a certain someone. Uh, we're gonna save that for after we talk about this other news. For sure. Yeah. I'm putting it right in the. I'm putting it right in our sheet right now. You know who it is. Oh my god. Okay. It's happening. Yep. Uh, but if you like what we do, follow <laughs> us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast and website is bfmdpodcast.com. I'm really excited to be back in the groove of like maybe two episodes a week it's hard to do when there's no content but we have time we have the energy we're doing it today so we enjoy have the your technology extra we, we do have it. the technology let's talk about early camp news justin yes so first thing non-baseball news um as people have probably seen all over twitter and news uh, the swanson family is currently in need of everyone's thoughts if you're religious send your prayers their way Whatever it is that you want to do, just keep them in your thoughts right now as uh, Eric and Madison's four-year-old son, Toby, was uh, hit by a car last weekend in Clearwater, Florida. He was airlifted to the hospital with uh, life-threatening injuries, but has since been actually released out of the pediatric intensive care unit. So that's that's a good sign that his condition has been upgraded to stable. He's no longer, um, as of now, uh, under life-threatening conditions. We pray and hope for a speedy recovery and a full recovery for Toby. Eric is currently away from the team as a result of this. The Blue Jays are fully putting their whole support behind the Swanson family. Um, Madison shared that she's grateful for the overwhelming outpouring of support and assistance that they've been given. And thanks, everybody, for keeping them in their thoughts. So all the best to the Swansons and to Toby. Not much else to be say, uh, to be said. No, there's except, nothing we can really do except just a, hope for the best. Yeah, like what a horrible thing to have yeah. happened. But then, you know, to have Jay's fans and friends and teammates and all that rally around them has been yeah, and uh, qu- quite touching. No, I read, to, an, I read an article, and for what it's worth, the the driver that did strike him did remain at the scene and was cooperative with cooperate with authorities. So um, hopefully everyone comes out of this. Okay. So yep. let's get to the baseball. Um, Patrick, it is February the 29th. It is leap day today. Yay. Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, among other free agents still remain unsigned. Scott Boris is probably like just, texting every gm you up at like 2 a.m to see what's going on yeah <laughs> um joey Votto is a menace to society and must be stopped what has happened okay he, before he posted, we get into he posted a video i just want to talk about this and then we can talk about free agency but okay joey Votto posted a video saying that until a team signs him he's going to stop putting his shopping carts away and proceeded to just post a video of himself just kind of pushing his cart nearby the cart corral and I'm not sure for like for you people like me out there who have been around YouTube for a long time. There's like there's a YouTuber called Cartnark, and Joey Votto actually like quote like mentioned him in his Twitter. Is this guy that he like goes around as a joke and like 
if he sees somebody not putting their carts away, he'll like throw a sticker on their vehicle that says like lazy bones and he'll like ask them why they're not putting their cart away. It's just like a like a cart vigilante. So Joey Votto's a menace. He must be stopped. Somebody please sign him so that the madness can end. Thank you. That's all I have to say. Um I love Joey yeah, Votto. I don't know if he'll he gets signed. I don't know either, but let's have fun with it. He's having um, fun with it, so I watched a video a part of a video. Uh, earlier today about Matt Chapman. It was posted by uh, MLB. I forget already the name of the person who was in it. It was Matt Chapman, of... probably. No, actually, it was just like some... <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. I forget. I Honestly, it was like the most forgettable... The latest generic... on free agent Matt Chapman from John Morosi, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was... Jo- I was just going to say the most generic-looking Every- middle-aged white man you could imagine. favorite reporter... But there we go, John. It's nothing yeah, okay. but the truth. Anyway, so after a week of the stove getting mildly warm over Chapman to Seattle, now he's saying, uh, now I'm not even saying that Morosi was the one who came up with that, but uh, now Morosi is saying that Chapman is the perfect fit for San Francisco, and since they threw a bunch of money at people and made the trade to get Robbie Ray... That means that they're the, the odds-on favorite to get Matt Chapman. I'm like, I don't know. I I will say this: there has been no smoke whatsoever over the Jays re-signing Chapman, which is very surprising because I still don't like their plan for their like utility, super utility, super platoon, whatever the hell you want to call it. Army knife, third base, yeah. Oh my God! The aggregate—they think the aggregate of these the guys they have that are going to rotate in that position is going to be better than Matt Chapman, and I'm very scared. I have a feeling that <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of ground balls are going to be whizzing by the third baseline uh, this year, and I'm—I don't like it. I don't get it. I do, just pay the man his money. You remember that movie, Rounders, with yes. uh, John Malkovich? I do. I can't do a good Teddy KGB, but just pay the man his money. Bring him back $20 million, four years. Do the Bellinger deal. No. Like, give him an opt-out if he wants it. Or whatever. Yeah, just whatever. Just, like, get it done. This, this Bro is should not have the... signed the qualifying offer, I guess. This is not the time to be, uh, you know, cheap. Just do it. Does it, he makes this team better? I'm not saying it's devastating if we don't sign him, but like the they need the defense. That's the way this team is set up. Isn't it crazy how different this offseason is from like the Rangers signing Semyon and Seeger to like four hundred million dollar contracts each? And then we go to this offseason where it's February twenty ninth and big name free agents like Blake Snell and Blunt Chapman and Jordan Montgomery are all still unsigned. Like it's unreal how different the market is right now. And I don't really know I, why that is. I think it's the, I think the asks for including Bellinger and those other three guys was way too high. And that's why. Also, I mean, outside of Blake Snell, like Blake Snell is a very good starting pitcher. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't put Matt Chapman and Jordan Montgomery in like that a tier of free agent at this point. I would for Matt Chapman just because his defense has been elite for several years. Yeah, but you you, you don't you don't pay 
a guy who hit under a 600 OPS, $300 million, you know? Like he's Matt not going to get $300 million. I know, but, but I'm just saying, like, it's, it's completely different from yes, like, a guy I get, like yeah. Marcus Simeon, who was coming off of yes. a 50 home run season as a second yes. baseman. Corey yes, Seager, yes, yes. who has, like, who is getting better offensively every year and, and they continued to do so last season, too. It's just yep. they're, yeah, they're different players on different trajectories. Matt Chapman's more, his offense went down, like, after hitting 400 in April. He just took a poop, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, I'm it's, with it's, you. It's different, different players, different situation. We argued against, uh, like, blind, uh, you know, re-signing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Re-signing him. Just, I don't, we, yeah. And I'm, explore the market. By the way, I'll say this as an aside. If Corey Seager continues to get better at this rate, eventually his OPS is going to be like 2,000. Good for him. I hope he does it. Uh, it's crazy. He's just <laughs> – he's so good. He's a good player. He, he should have been – well, no, that's not true. That's a lie. Uh, he deserved to be second place in MVP voting last year. He got robbed because he was hurt for like the first month of the year. So that's yeah, what went against him. But good for like, him. I mean – Holy shit. Um, 1.1013 OPS. Yeah, the good. last thing I want to say about the free agents, dude, is just Jordan Montgomery. Uh, if you're a team that's like looking at a season of 78 to 83 wins, you should sign Jordan Montgomery to help push your team into competing for the Don't wild Don't give the Red spot. Sox any idea. They're the ones that are... <laughs> That are have been on the phone with them. The rotation is so bad. Oh my god. I know it is. And they've been meeting with Jordan Montgomery, if I recall correctly. Yeah, they probably they don't seem to want to spend any money though for some reason. Could you imagine if Jordan Montgomery signs for like nine million dollars for two oh my seasons? God, I'd be so mad. I don't think it'll happen, but I'd be mad. Um Kevin Biggio, Ricky Tiedemann still working their way back. Obviously Biggio had the tendonitis in the shoulder and Tiedemann had the inflammation in his calf and hamstring. Um, he's okay. They say day to day. John Schneider says he doesn't think it'll be, it'll keep him out of game action too long. This is fine. Ricky Tiedemann was never going to break camp with this team. He's going to get some se more seasoning in AAA anyway. So as long as he is healthy, when the spring ends, that is what matters. So it's, it's fine people. Um, George Springer and Kevin Kiermaier both got into their first spring action today. They were – John Schneider said he was keeping the veteran horses in the stable a bit longer in terms of game action. They were taking live BP. They took live BP off of Kevin Gosman on a backfield the other day who has yet to see great field league action too. It's the same thing that Jays did with Gosman last year when hi him and Hunjin Ryu had – or he, he had his start scratched by rain um, and decided to pitch on a backfield and actually liked it, so he kept doing that this year. Um, let's see. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Vladdy, I guess the arbitration fallout came out today. Yeah, say fallout. Quote, let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, the quote here. This is per Hazel May on uh, Twitter. I saw. Uh, the quote is, I have no grudge against the Blue Jays, despite the tense negotiations I had with the team during the salary arbitration. It's just business. I would like to be a Blue Jay for the rest of my career, but the team has not made me an offer. End quote. Okay. For those of you who are who 
you know, for whatever reason you have are bristled by the end, the last part of that quote. Let's talk about it for a second, okay? There's nothing here to, di to really discuss except for the fact that, you know, he still has one, what is it, one more arbitration year? Yeah, this, this year and then next this year, year is his last year of control. Yeah. Um, it's not a surprise at all. The no. team has not made an offer. I know a lot of people are like, well, so-and-so got this offer when they were here. Good for them. This team does not run that way. And the problem with trying to do anything with Vladdy at this point is 2021, he had a spectacular season where you could make a great argument that he was the MVP. Uh, I mean, he was in second place, but anyway, uh, fantastic season. Everything you could have asked him to do, he did. It was great. Terrible time to offer him a contract. You don't just base, you know, an extension solely off of one season. Gotta see more, right? Yeah. 2022, big drop off. Not enough to say, oh, there's something wrong, but... Now that there's been a drop off, Laddie's party or party would have no interest in reaching out or having a conversation or negotiate, right? Why would you? Mm -hmm. He just mm -hmm. had a he coming off a down year. Terrible idea. Yep. Twenty twenty three, another drop off. Not a great, not really a great year for Vladdy. Overall, very average, very pedestrian year for a first baseman. Not really that notable. The team would have no reason other than, yeah, let's offer him something that he's going to reject. So let's not bother. Vladdy, on the other hand, his party, why, why would they want to go to the table after two years in a row of ho-hum performance? They yep. wouldn't. So the fact that an offer hasn't been made, totally normal. Why would you insult your star player by, you know, Lowballing them, further lowballing him. Yeah. <laughs> so this year is a very important year for Vladdy uh, and for the Blue Jays because their window is as open as it gets uh, to contend. If they're going to, they're going to have to get into the playoffs and win playoffs. More of a window spot. half closed kind of guy than window half open. I would say they're the the motion to open the window is over they are now either holding the window open or they are starting to close it's one or the other um the story the movie is at intermission uh at best uh we might be entering the third act it's hard to say but there's there's no reason for either party to be pressing for an offer let's see what 2023 looks like and if it's a good year for vladdy yeah, I think he'll probably get an offer. If it's a bad year, yeah, you <laughs> might wait another year. Yeah. So to make it sound like like yeah, there's no way to twist this uh, by saying the team has not made him an offer. It doesn't mean they have no interest. It means there are right. a lot of factors at play right now. And Vladdy's performance is probably the top one and he's aware of that he is no fool he's gonna hit dingers he's gonna have a great year and we'll talk about that in our preview episode when we get to it three or four weeks from now but this is a nothing sandwich that's why i talked about it for five minutes 
<laughs> As we are wont to do on backflips yeah, and maple yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, okay, it is very true. Um, uh, per the title of our episode, we got some cutters to talk about. Oh my god. Okay. Oh god, I love cutters. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, we've got cutters to talk about, Patrick. And yep. as you know, Jose Brios has added a cutter. And again, via Great. Hazel May per John Schneider, this is the quote. It, meaning the cutter, just gets in on lefties a little bit. He has such a good two-seamer, a.k.a. sinker, that he can front hip on the lefties. And having another pitch going in another, another direction is big, end quote. A uh, friend of the show, Keegan Matheson, has also written wrote an article today regarding this um it also talked about how brios and the team had a conversation after the playoff controversy of last year they're ready to turn the page now um the team he said that the, they had that i could talk about it and he's excited for this season um he's he also said every year we get more experience i thank god i'm he- feeling good feeling healthy every year we add something new to ourselves to get better that's how i feel right now I know myself more and knowing that I, what I need to do to be a hundred percent out there has been a huge key for me. I don't know if we're getting old or getting experienced, but that's how I see it. Um, he used the cutter twice today and one of them resulted in a ground ball out. The other one was just a ball. Uh, he says, yeah, I know it's something that's going to be a good tool for me. Uh, adding to my stuff, adding to the four seamer and the two seam, a cutter on the glove side against lefties is going to be a good weapon. If I keep practicing and can throw it whenever I want in at bat, it's going to be a big, big pitch for me. So it sounds like he's going to give it a, ri- a ride here. And, I mean, he also had this to say about our next man to talk about, Alec Manoa. He says, uh, we are we are competitors, all five of us, me in the rotation, including Manoa. I know he's going to be good. He's going to be ready to join us. He's going to break camp with the team. Having all five ready to compete and, and do the best for the team makes me feel more comfortable and happy knowing that we're going to be good all five days. So, Patrick, Jose Brios had a nice start today and coincidentally a couple of days ago our friend Alec Manoa had a bit of a bit of a rough one you could say and it was due to again the same issue he's had consistently the last year and a bit now which was the command issue um hit three batters in tuning, not even tunings of work. The velocity was up. It was back to where we'd expect it to be, around 93, 94 for Alec Manoa. Mm-hmm. The problem, again, was the command. He got 15 swings on his 38 pitches, but only three of them were whiffs. Um, mm-hmm. One of those whiffs was on a slider. He had no called strikes on 13 sliders, though. Two of them were fouled off. Three of them were put in play. And only 54% of them were actually thrown in the strike zone. Only 36% of his sinkers and 30% of his fastballs were thrown in the strike zone. That was the issue. I was watching. This game was not televised. Uh, I was watching the the game day feed on MLB.com. And he was missing up and in on righties up and away from lefties a lot with his pitches both the sinker and the four seam were missing up there i'm not a pitching coach but what i have been told by people who know about these things is that that means he is opening up his shoulder too early he's just 
trailing that, uh, leading that left glove shoulder, and he's just pulling out of his delivery, and that's what's helped letting him, uh, or that's resulting in the pitches being like that. So, obviously, there's it's two innings of spring training in February. We can't raise alarm bells yet. We give him a couple more appearances to see if he can't sort that out. He said after it felt good to be back on a mound, but it's definitely concerning in that sense that he couldn't command it. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard to not be a little bit upset. Not really. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's spring training and all that. Yeah. But I mean, I think if you watched that, well, by what, I mean, I think if you analyze that follow, performance, yeah. you're probably disappointed. Uh, maybe upset is too strong a word. You're disappointed. Your hope was that he would come out and blow everybody away. And you'd be like, oh, thank God he's ready. Um, and he could still be ready. That could still be the case. Again, all of these performances in spring training mean diddly. The team is already, the 26-man uh, MLB roster is pretty much set. There's only like maybe, maybe one spot in the pen that's could be up for grabs depending on what they want to do with Mitch White. Uh, although maybe that is probably already locked in now after the Manoa performance. Who knows? <laughs> what I would say is that the the Toronto Blue Jays have the flexibility in their pitching depth right now that even if Alec Manoa is awful all spring training, and I'm not saying he will, but even if he is, they have enough pitchers, starting pitchers, that it will make very little difference on the projections of the team. Sound fair? Yeah, I think so. I don't think anybody was expecting Alec Manoa to come in and be 2022 Alec Manoa. No. Right off the bat. No. Uh, and if they were, you know, I'll have, what, I'll have what you're having. Please, um, please give it to me. But I'll also say that there is enough pitching depth in this organization that Alec Manoa hitting a massive speed bump and maybe not starting as the fifth starter is not going to derail the, the team very much yeah. because they were, he, I mean, he struggled all year last year. Look, they still the fact games, that so. the fact that they don't have or 89 to, games. Yeah. The, the fact that they don't have to use him as the fifth starter right away because of the depth is encouraging. You know, that's, a place where this team wouldn't have been two years ago. He would have still been the yeah. fifth best option, you know? It gives him the space to work on things without having to, you know, uh, be concerned. And I think that that lack of concern should be mutual. I don't think anybody should be freaking out over a spring training, one spring training performance. But even if he does this across 40 innings in spring training, that just means he starts in Buffalo. Oh, well. Welcome to the Mitch White Show. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to change very much. And then Mitch White will either sink or swim. And if he sinks, then welcome to welcome to your shot at it, Bowden Francis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's enough guys, you know, projected to make this team that they'll have one or two long men long relievers, whatever, you know, swing men. 
to cover it up until Manoa's ready. I'm waiting to see Ariel Rodriguez in game action too here, hopefully sometimes. Okay, here's he is a very interesting kind of X factor, in my opinion, because I don't know what to expect from him at all. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, (laughs) the only innings we have of him in the last year and a half are the seven innings he threw the WBC for Cuba. And before that, it was all light inning relief in Japan. So it is going to be very interesting to see. I want to. I, I just want to. I want to see fastball command and devastating sliders because that's what he's been known for. I'm curious to know if he's going to have any additional pitches, like maybe a changeup or a two seamer or something on top of those. Just because if you're going to be a starter, especially a right-handed starter, it's tough to just be a two-pitch pitcher. Obviously, guys like Robbie Ray be successful kevin gosman with mainly a splitter and a, and a fastball are successful but i mean it's you have to be elite to only throw two pitches as a starting pitcher so well, I'm, I'm really curious to see how his first appearances go um that's really it from camp there hasn't been too much news yet uh, nobody has nobody else has gotten hurt besides their tiedemann thing and the biggio pre-existing tendinitis so that's good so far Everyone's kind of gotten into game action now. Vladdy's been hitting piss missiles, which is good to see. Um, the pitching has been, for the most part, from the main guys, okay. Um, so we'll see how that progresses over the next couple of weeks. But the one thing we wanted to chat about today, Patrick, I know you had sent me a, a link to this this article or this post on Reddit that linked to an article. It sounds like Major League Baseball and probably our best friend rob manfred who just has so many great ideas on how to make baseball better you know it's just the best he wants to reduce the number of pitchers on a lot on a roster from the current 13 to 12 as early as the 2025 or next season that would have the goal of placing greater emphasis on starting pitching um i was reading the article on the national post uh, written by the Associated Press's Jay Cohen. And it has some quotes in here. So Max Scherzer, who logged at least 179 innings and in t- who has logged at least 179 innings in 10 of his first 16 years in the majors, is a three-time Cy Young Award. He said he learned some tough lessons on the road to pitching deep into games. He says, quote, I became a better pitcher once I went through three times in the lineup and was failing on that third time through the lineup. That's every young pitcher's struggle, is learning how to pitch three times through a lineup. We're so scared now to let guys fail, end quote. It's interesting, um, and I'm not really too sure where, where I, what side of the fence I stand on with this, with this whole proposal. I, I love seeing complete games. I love seeing guys throw no hitters. I love seeing dudes battle to like get through seven and scrounge out like say three runs or something and keep their team in the game but i also have appreciation for guys like yusei kikuchi who really don't have the stuff to go three times to the order and if you let them do it it would be disastrous but they can give you four or five really good innings jameson tayon who's now pitching for the cubs he says quote i grew up a fan of the game And me and my dad used to pick Astros games based on when Roy Oswalt was pitching. We would look at the pitching matchups, and that's what we would do. Nowadays, I feel like that allure is gone a little bit. I can can 
relate to this because I used to watch, make sure I watched every Roy Halladay game when he was pitching for the Jays because you just knew that there was a chance that he could throw a no-hitter, you know? Or he could go nine innings and a couple games he went 10 innings and still got the loss way back when. So I, I get it. I mean, it's fun to watch starting pitchers go deep and getting perspectives of a couple of guys in Scherzer and Tyon who are major league veterans is interesting. Um, coupled with some stats here, Patrick, and then I'll let you jump in on this. Back in 2000, starters averaged 17.8 outs per game, which is one shy of six innings, or 0.2 shy of six innings. In 2015, it was uh, 73, or sorry, it was 17.8 in outs and 98.6 pitches. In 2015, 17.4 outs, 93 pitches. Last year, it was only 15.4 outs and 85 pitches per start. So that's that's dropped in 24 y- 23 years by a full 2.5 outs and a full 13.5 pitches per game for starting pitchers. I think we can probably coincide that with analytics and, of course, teams not wanting to get guys through the third time for the order. But I'm curious to get your take on this. Do you like this proposal do you think that starting pitching needs more of an emphasis or we just are we kind of moved past that in baseball now uh it's kind of like we're moving into a new era where it doesn't matter what your role was you're either a pitcher or you're not a pitcher and what i'm trying to say is that everybody i think eventually so like maybe 20 years from now or 30 years from now, everybody, every pitcher on your team will have the ability to throw, to give you like five innings. Like everybody will be able to throw, like get you tw- at least really, 12 outs. Really, you think outs. it's going to go that way? Okay, interesting. I think the days of a starting pitcher, I mean, think about it. A hundred years ago, pitchers were throwing the full nine innings every three days uh, <laughs> at, at least every five days and some guys were throwing nine innings uh you know all right. all the freaking time they were yeah. logging crazy innings in the seven sixties and 70s the best pitchers the ferguson jenkinses of the world were throwing 250 innings now to hit 200 innings is a hallmark for a pitcher that's significant uh, and now I would say if somebody hits 180 innings, that's considered pretty strong. Yeah. So I think as time passes, there's less of an emphasis on your starter having to get to six innings in order for it to be a, quote, quality start. I don't think that matters anymore. I think what matters is wins. How many wins does your team get? Uh, and that it doesn't matter how you get it done. And I think that a team like Tampa Bay, for example, who has, who for years had such a strong bullpen, right? Yep. Um, having a, a bullpen stacked with guys who can go out there and get you, you know, a six-out save or a six-out hold, I think that's that's the good stuff now. And I think that the Jays. Uh, will be more ready to adapt because they already have roster flexibility with their uh, what their pitchers are capable of throwing. And they have been, you can see it in, in look at Tim Azo. 
we keep arguing he's being overused. Eric Swanson, same thing. But actually, these guys are proving they can already stretch their appearances longer than three outs, which is good. I don't think it matters anymore what a starting pitcher does. I think there are still freaks like Justin Verlander who can go, who get better as, as the game goes, but he's also a Hall of Famer and a freak. Max Scherzer, right. same thing, Hall of Famer and a freak. You know what I mean? I don't think any of that, I don't, I don't think like quality starts or any of that's going to matter in, very soon. I think the only thing that's going to matter is, can you, can you get us, you know, 15 outs on any given day? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting because the implication is that um, your bullpen, if you're going to have fewer bullpen spots, that means everybody has to be able to work more and work more innings on less turnover. You, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have one less guy you can go to. But it also means you're in a way it's kind of forcing you to trim the fat in your bullpen. You can't afford to carry on carry a guy who can't get it done consistently. So, there's lots of interesting ways this could go, but I see it more as a in 20 years time everybody has to be able to last longer than just three outs if you're coming out of the pen instead of starting like i think you're gonna have to well i mean we're kind of we're already there at the three batter minimum you have to be able to face at least three batters now like the the days of the one out mid-inning pitching change are over Um, almost i mean we still see it with specialty guys like tim Mesa, but yeah well they'll come in with two outs yeah yeah but i'm saying you can't you You... can't just bring a guy in and then take him out after one batter anymore you can't do that no you can't well can't you do it if it's the end of the inning if if it's the end of the inning yes but you can't do it mid-inning so it's like you can't just bring in tim Mesa to face juan soto and then take him out for the next guy if it's aaron judge or stan right yeah he has to stay in there if he doesn't get that out you know so um Dave Roberts had an interesting quote, LA Dodgers manager. He says, from a fan perspective, yeah, to see a guy there go in there and uh, go seven or eight innings, I absolutely get it. It doesn't necessarily help you win baseball games, and I'm in the business of winning games. Yeah, he, he's right. I mean, if you're forced to leave a guy who's not having his best day out there for an extra inning or two just because you don't have that 13th pitcher, it could put that guy at risk of injuring himself or the team at risk of, of losing games and i get yeah like people say oh yeah well maybe just pitch better then i mean but that's not always the way it goes <laughs> so i don't know um i i don't ha- i don't hate it i don't hate it um bruce bochi rangers manager had a good quote in here too he says it starts with training in the minor leagues that's where it all begins it's hard to do it when guys are coming up uh they're not trained to do that now you're going to ask them to get you deeper into the games and now you're risking injury. So you have to be smart about it. And then Tyon came back and says, quote, to raise, you have to raise, you have to uh, focus on minor leagues to raise guys ceiling at a young age. He said, you see guys nowadays getting called up who have never thrown five innings in their life. It's crazy. And yeah, I get it. I mean, we all want everyone to throw nine innings, but some people just can't do that and i, I don't know like i'm i think i'm 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 
I'm on the side. I think I'm really leaning on the side that'd be against this. Just for the fact that since we've moved to the 26-man roster with an extra pitcher at all times, instead of guys having to choose between a 13th batter or a 13th pitcher, I think the quality of pitching in Major League Baseball has only gone up. And it's allowed teams to be a lot more flexible with the way that they game plan for opposing lineups. And I'm more on the side of strategy than on the side of, oh, you should, you're a starter, you should go six innings. Like, I just don't, I don't think I agree with that at this point. I want it to be the most competitive it possibly can be. And I well, think that means that would mean the best pitchers pitch their best for, for as long as they can. That would be roster expansion then rather than contraction. No, it's at 13 right now. No, what I'm saying is like it would be better if you want it to be more competitive, you would need more pitching spaces. Sure, but I mean, so I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm in favor of that. I'm saying I'm not in favor of shrinking it. I think right now it's at the perfect spot where I think there are there are th- other things in baseball besides the number of pitchers on rosters that need to be addressed first, like umpires <laughs> and automatic strike zones. Bef- and yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, but w- yeah. let's not play what about is and let's get no. to the core of the matter. Why drop the why what is exactly the justification for dropping it from 13 to 12? They want they want to put more emphasis on starting pitching. Okay. Which I mean, yeah, if they want to do that, just make it illegal for teams to have bullpen bullpen days then. Like you can't say so you can't your starter has to go at least two innings or something. I don't know. Like I think that's stupid though. So do I, but I mean that's what that's what we're like we're seeing teams do that where they're bringing a guy out to throw the the first three batters and then bringing their starter in. I love that though. What I wouldn't like is mandatory, like six. You have to get six outs. That's kind of what you're gonna. Out, that's what you're gonna get if you. I know, but what happens if someone goes the out there and pitchers. they just don't have it, and it's already seven nothing in the top of the first inning? There you go. Now you've only got. And now he's got to get six outs, and he just yeah. doesn't have good stuff. So he's just gonna throw two hundred and fifty pitches until he can get six outs. Well, that's what you're gonna have happen if you reduce the number of pitchers on the roster. The scoring of the game—it's gonna be football numbers. That's yeah. stupid. So why that's, are they? I hate that. So why are they do? Why are they talking about this then? I don't think that one leads to necessarily has to lead to the other. No. But it's definitely. Oh, you know what? There's another symptom. factor here. There's another interesting scenario here. The imp- the uh, impact this will have on the closer role is fairly significant. That's your specialty ninth inning guy. That means more closers are going to have to throw more than th- three outs. Yeah, and I mean Scherzer kind of said this. He he called the twelve pitcher roster limit a terrible idea. But he does agree that it would take some sort of action to reverse the current trend with starting pitching. He said, we need to incentivize keeping the stutter in the game longer. We're going to have to come up with rules to do this. It's not going to self-correct. So it's, that's kind of what I was saying. You know, like you say your starter has to get you a certain number of outs or something. You know, like that's really the only way to force a team to leave their starting pitcher in. And I mean, that's, like you said, it's brutal. Like remember two years ago when Jose Barrios got lit up on opening day, imagine having to leave him in there for two innings. It would have been 13, nothing <laughs> like, 
Yeah, so I don't know, man. I I have a hard time thinking that this would ever work and that it wouldn't just be like a complete and utter failure. I don't think I, I think it would be if they do it, then I think the implication is that guys are gonna have to be able to throw non starters are gonna have to throw way more innings per appearance than they usually do. But I also think it'll have an impact on the closer role. What that would look like, I don't know. I think, again, closers probably would have to throw more than three outs. But I also think uh, that we are nearing the dawn of the age of the six-man rotation. And yeah. I don't get why teams are so scared of that. Like, why why their jimmies get rustled so much over a six-man rotation. Is it because you got guys that you're paying a ton of money and you want them to start every five days? Then start them every five days. And then just when you get to your fifth and sixth man spot, you can either choose to start them or not, but have that flexibility where you carry six starters. Every team should do it. And you can call it a swing man or a long reliever or whatever the whatever you have to call it to convince yourself that we're not living in an age where it makes more sense to have six starters. Yeah. And even then, like, okay, yeah, you you definitely want Kevin Gossman to pitch every five days. Same with Jose Barrios. Mm -hmm. I don't think it destroys your team to pump the brakes on having Chris Bassett start once every nine days. You know what I mean? Or Yusei Kikuchi, like, and maybe they maybe they stay healthier that way. Maybe yeah. you don't have to run your starters ragged anymore because you got enough guys who can get the job done if I th they get extra rest. I think that if they are going to go down to 12 pitchers on the roster, they would have to get a, go away from the current option rules of not being able to option a guy more than five times because you, you would have a rotating freaking circus of bullpen arms then if you had six starters because you you would pitch a guy two out of three games and then he would be out of commission for a couple of days you'd have to set him down and get somebody else up like it would yeah i mean zach the amount of mileage zach pop would have to yeah zach pops the nate pearsons of the world during would, the course of a season can you imagine yeah We're those guys would like, be frequent flyers by the end of april you know like they'd be diamond club members <laughs> by the end of the season was over because yeah. they'd be traveling although it's not too bad buffalo to toronto isn't really a long no no it's drive but it's a short short uh, it, it would be pretty bonkers to think about the amount of travel your triple a affiliates would have to oh man experience yeah, yeah it, would, I, it, would, it would put a tremendous just... amount of stress on on an organization as a whole having to then shuttle guys up from double a to triple a and etc etc just we're trying to be more climate friendly here you know and this this is not a climate friendly rule <laughs> no it's not I don't know, man. I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but I also agree with you that yeah, I think there are implications that are kind of yucky. But I also yeah. love the idea of having a, a very flexible set of 12 pitchers who can all get you close to the same thing every start. I just don't think I give a shit anymore about whether a guy can throw six innings anymore. Yeah, I I don't think it'll matter in twenty years. I think it will be playing a different game. Look, yeah, like, the the number that matters at the end of the day is the win loss column. 
and yeah. teams are going to continue to do whatever it takes to make the number on the left higher than the number on the right. And if that means going to a six-man rotation or having 13 starters who can only throw three innings each, it's it, they're gonna, teams are going to do whatever it takes to, to win more games. And I think sooner or later, as long as teams aren't breaking rules or doing anything illegal, then why is why is Major League Baseball so worried about keeping the game the same as it always has been? Sports adapt all the time, right? Like, hockey players used to not wear helmets. Goalies didn't wear masks. Baseball players didn't wear helmets when they were batting. Like, sports evolve on the safety side of things. They evolve in, like, the way that the shift was utilized. They evolve all the time to get better and more competitive and to win more games. And I, I don't know if this rule or this proposal helps teams win more games. I think it makes it harder, which maybe is a good thing. But you also, if you put too many limits on what teams can and cannot do, then the game doesn't become as exciting as it is right now. So, I don't know. I'm, I have a hard time thinking I could accept this type of a change. I don't think I'd like it. It's an interesting thought, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it would it, it would require more thoughts and more context as far as why you're doing this. Yeah. And how how will it impact? Uh, like you said, the rule about how many times you can option a player, um, and then also, I don't think there's enough pitchers built right now to do like to get you more outs than three because like a majority of a pitching roster or your pitching staff is our relievers right i mean yeah you have five stars and, eight relievers right and, now so yeah exactly and out of those eight relievers there might be one guy who can throw who can get you nine outs yeah yeah maybe yeah yeah the jays, the jays it's a the jays is different they have maybe, maybe chad green in his prime but probably not anymore well, Bowden Francis definitely can. Mitch yeah. White can. Yeah. Assuming Alfano makes the team. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. theory. Uh, and Trevor Richards was able to do six out opens. Mm-hmm. So, and the Jays pro- have one of the best staffs, pitching staffs in MLB, and probably the, one of the more flexible ones. And even then, it's not really viable now. You take a guy out of that, equation okay so you you scrub out uh Yenesis cabrera because you, you're gonna need trevor richards now to throw get you six outs yeah i don't, I, I don't get it what are we doing yeah it's does that make it yeah. does it make it more competitive how does it make it I don't better know if it makes it more entertaining yeah it doesn't no um it means someone's gonna get their ass kicked yeah exactly you know what i mean the best teams will be a team that just goes out and signs 12 starters. You know what I mean? Who are all stretched out. <laughs> Why not just have a 12-man rotation then? Can you imagine? Yeah. That'd be crazy. Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I know I'm being facetious here. Like, I'm not actually. No, I know. I don't think they should do that, and I don't think that's the implication. But I'm saying there 
not a lot of pitchers, I think, can have the endurance to do what would be required with uh, if there were a roster contraction. Yep. Um, so does that mean they're going back to a 25-man roster? I have no idea what it would mean or if it would mean an extra bat on the you... bench. I don't know. But it's, again, what's the point? Yeah, it's 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 just it feels pointless. It does feel it's the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, this is stupid. This is really stupid. If anything, rosters should be expanding. It doesn't make any sense. Twenty even twenty six players was kind of is dumb. I like 20, where it is. I like twenty seven on days with double headers. I love. The yeah, that's nice man. to have yeah. the extra guy on a double header. Yeah. Yeah, like I, why not? Why not have twenty seven man rosters all the time? I don't know. <laughs> uh, why not? It's not like it's the game is going to implode. Like it's a hundred and fifty year old sport. Yeah, might be a topic for another day. Let's. Yeah, we kind of beat this one into the ground. Yeah. Quite a bit. Um, before we wrap up, uh, Jamie Campbell just posted a photo on the old tweeter it's of uh inside of rogers center the state the stands look good i like the way they've uh changed the lower bowl so that the the seats down the foul line actually face the infield now i'm looking forward to seeing what everything looks like when it's finalized because uh yeah, this, the, the field that they're starting to put the turf down they've got the the warning track in place they still have to do the uh, clay on the infield but it's looking pretty good i'm excited to see what rogers center looks like this year once the the old ballpark is actually a ballpark. It'll be fun. I'm kind of sad because I don't think I'm going to get to Rogers Center this year. I was kind of hoping I would, but I don't think I am this year. Yeah, I don't know if I will either. Who knows? 2025, maybe. Yep. There's always It'll next year. Our, what's 2025? What would that be for us? Uh well this this is uh, this will be our seventh season of covering the Blue Jays. We started in the midst of twenty twenty eight, so our sixth full season. Twenty eighteen, you mean? Yeah, twenty eighteen was our first year covering the team. So we did eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, and now twenty four. This is year seven. Um. So what would twenty twenty five be? That would be eight. our eighth. Yeah. We'll be at we, six years of the podcast in June. But this is our seventh season since we started halfway through 2018. Man, that's weird to think of. It's weird to think, too, that we're on episode 281. Yeah. That we're getting very close to having done 200 episodes where it's just you and I. I think we're pretty much already there. <laughs> it's pretty close. Yeah. But Because when we had man, episode 100, we had Dan Shulman on. <laughs> I was just going to say, episode 100 was Dan Shulman. That was 181 episodes. That's a episodes. lot of episodes again. It'll be kind of cool. Episode 300, we have Ben Shulman on. That'd be, yeah, that'd that'd be, be hilarious. Cool. Yeah. That'd be very cool, actually. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we're, 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 in, we're in it. The season is getting closer. As of tomorrow, it's March, and that's the, season, that's the month the season starts. We'll get regular season baseball in less than a month. I think the opening day is on the 29th of March, so yep. we're a month away. Let me from ask you one last baseball. question, yep. a fleeting question. Yet you can say yes or no. Do you want the Jays to sign Matt Chapman? Yes. It makes the team better okay. than what the roster currently sits at, so yes. Remember when we talked about signing Matt Chapman back in like November? We were like, no. Yeah, well, we, like, we didn't yes. think they were going to sign Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and not trade Santiago Espinal. 
it's fun. I feel like this team is in danger <laughs> of struggling, and I don't like that feeling. I would like one Matt Chapman, please. Yeah, didn't think we'd be saying that three months ago, but here we are. Um. Yeah, I think it that'll be it. It doesn't feel good to say. It doesn't feel uh, good to say, Justin. No, it, it doesn't That's feel great. At. But at this point, it feels better than not having Matt Chapman. Would you rather have Matt Chapman or someone like Patrick Wisdom, who is either going to hit a home run or strike out? Matt Chapman. Okay. You don't want bombs. As you've said many times, off mic and on mic, a ground ball is at the third base. Who picks it up? <laughs> I'm scared of the answer to that question. Yeah. And uh, you should be too. Yeah. And if you're if you're scared, you can always go to our Twitter at BFMD Podcast <laughs> and website BFMDpodcast.com. There's your transition. Mr. Segway. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> we'll continue following along as the Jays progress through spring training baseball. Any news at a camp, we'll bring it to you on our next episode. For Patrick out in Halifax, I am Justin here in Saskatoon, and we will see you next time.